Aloha, everyone. My name is Kevin O'Brien. Yes, Mr. O'Brien, the world, uh, world history teacher at Kamehameha Schools Maui. Welcome to the 2019 series of podcasts called Hikina Rising. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we have a very we have uh, a very special alumni that is back, and this alumni brought a very special guest along. And we're going to get to that special guest as this time goes along. I want to give you some background uh, into uh, an idea I had. Of course, the Hikina Rising podcast, um, as started by uh, my good friend, Miss Lisa Correa, and technically handled by my other good friend, Mr. Koholo Ricard. Um, we are sort of focusing on alumni and of Kamehameha Schools Maui and their journeys after high school and how those possible journeys that those alumni could possibly uh, give some advice or um, some mentoring or just some uh, something for our present students to observe uh, as they think about their futures. And so I, uh, last year, Mr. Ricard and I, we did two athletic podcasts and those were super fun. We had a great time doing that. We should have a third one that if it's not up and going, should be up and going very soon. So Mr. Ricard and I had a great time doing that. Uh, but uh, Lisa Cray is always up for new ideas, and so I had this idea of doing podcasts uh, centered on our alumni who joined the military after high school. And so I've sort of come up with what I'm going to call a military trilogy of podcasts, and tonight will be episode one. The reason why me personally I'm interested in this, and many of you, if you're my former students, of course any alumni of this school is pretty much my former student, uh, my hometown of Colorado Springs, I never served in the armed forces. I never served in the military, uh, but my hometown of Colorado Springs, Colorado, is a very heavy military town. Uh, some of you are familiar with the Air Force Academy. Uh, military Academy is north of town. We have a big army base south of town called Fort Carson, uh, which is an armored cavalry um, unit. Uh, we have NORAD. NORAD is the, is the big mountain that they dug out with the Aerospace Defense Command Center on the inside. Uh, that's actually inside of a mountain called Cheyenne Mountain. I actually went to Cheyenne Mountain High School, so I grew up right in the shadow of this thing. Uh, we have an Air Force base east of town. My father served in the Army right after World War II. So I, I've always had a spot in my heart for people in the military. And my former students, uh, both at my time at St. Anthony and here at Kamehameha Schools, um, I've always been somebody who said a military uh, career or at least some time either right out of high school or after college or something like that, is of great value. And so that's what I want to talk about. So my military trilogy, uh, episode one is today, and we're going to discuss the idea of um, graduating from high school and going to college and joining something called the ROTC. Uh, my second uh, part of my trilogy is going to be, we're going to, I'm going to interview um, four guys from four different branches of the military who joined enlisted in the military, straight out of school, no college. And then part three will be, um, we're still working on this, but we're going to interview one at least of the three guys. We've had three male alumni who have graduated from Commandment Schools Maui and have gone to a military academy. They all three went to the Air Force Academy. Interestingly enough, of course, as I mentioned, in Colorado Springs. So that'll be part three. So today is part one, and I want to introduce... Um, I'm going to have her introduce herself. Uh, she's an alumni. She's a good pal of mine. We had a great uh, time in her high school career. Okay, so here she is. Uh, why don't you tell us your name, your class, high school class, where you went to, um, where you went to college, your graduating class, and then tell us what branch of the armed forces you're in. Go ahead, please. My great guest. Well, aloha, podcast listeners. I'm Riley Shiraishi Slavich. And I graduated Kamehameha in 2013, and I went to college at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, which is on the central coast of California, and I studied environmental science. Halfway through my college career, during an internship that I was on Ko'olawe for, I met a group of Army National Guardsmen, and they told me what they did, and I was hooked, and within the month, I was enlisted in the Army National Guard and throughout that training, I had to do basic combat training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And then I went to Gulfport, Mississippi for two more months of construction and masonry training. And 
throughout that time, I had some mentors say that you should check out the ROTC route, which would switch me from enlisted to the officer route. And then I joined ROTC to pursue that in college. And that's where I met maybe a special guest, my husband. Oh, we're going to talk about him already. Okay. I guess. I can't All not right. talk can't, about him. We can't, not, we can't wait. Okay, why don't you introduce our super special guest? And we're going to come back to him later, but why don't you go ahead and introduce your super special guest, Riley. Go ahead. Sure. So I met my husband, Zach, in ROTC. And would you like to talk about your path to the Army? Well, All right. Why don't you just say briefly, how did you end up in the ROTC? Why don't you just briefly, because we're going to come back to you for sure. All right. Uh, I wasn't expecting to get introduced this early, but uh, we'll go with starting from the beginning. I first knew that I wanted to at least experience the adventure of the Army right around middle school age. Wow. Okay. Uh, watching uh, like documentaries on World War II and uh, Band of Brothers, a TV series and show called Surviving the Cut about Ranger School really put it in my mind that I wanted these challenges in my life. So okay. that's okay, what I cool. started thinking about the most. Right, very good. And Zach, I can tell you has a very good story and we're going to, we're going to definitely talk about this. Um, Riley, why don't you tell everybody what ROTC stands for? Reserve Officer Training Corps. When did you, did you know what ROTC stood for when you were in high school? Absolutely not. <laughs> I had no idea about any sort of branches of the armed forces. So I sort of talked about my own background with military. Riley, did, your, did you or your family, do you have any military background? Yes, my grandparents served. One grandpa in the Marine Corps, my tutu served in the Air Force, and my grandpa on my dad's side did serve in the Army, but... I was not interested, respectfully not interested. Was it something in your family? And, uh, you know, of course, Riley, and some of you are aware of this listening, uh, Riley's mother, Ulu Shirishi, is a teacher at the Kamehameha Schools Middle School. Um, she's everybody's great pal. Um, Riley's younger siblings, Spencer Shirishi and Quinn Shirishi, are both graduates from here, uh, from Kamehameha Schools, Maui. So uh, my question is, these grandparents that you're basically talking about, was this something that was um, a part of your your immediate family? When I'm talking about your your brother, your sister, your mom and dad, was this something that was just sort of known that the grandparents were all in the army, or was it something that was sort of celebrated in your household, or what was it? Just sort of just known. It was it was just known, and we all respected them for their time that they served, but I think. My parents really focused, and I would say Kamehameha really focuses on college. You're going to college. What major do you want to pursue in college? So that's not a terrible thing, but I think my mindset was just focused on the college path. So when you would think of maybe military when you were in high school, that was a thought like, oh, that's just for people who want to enlist right after high school, whereas I'm kind of on, if for lack of a better way, putting it a college track. Is that sort of how you looked at it? Yes, absolutely. And I did not understand all the different options that were available to me. And I guess going back to high school, I was very focused on art and science and kind of was closed minded. What, aca effect. what academy were you in while you were a student here? I was in science and natural resources, okay. but I did do a lot of art. So I really could have dual. What, 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 what was your senior project on? It was kind of related to art, but I hosted an event to cut hair to okay. donate to Pantene's Beautiful Land. I actually remember that. I do remember that. Okay. Um, okay, so you talked about going to Kaho'olawe. Mm -hmm. So now this is after you've already chosen to go to UC San Luis Obispo. And so what? tell us about this internship that you got to go to Kaho'olawe. Explain that part of your story. So I was studying environmental science, and so aligning with that, I found an internship on Ko'olawe working with Kirk. And, and what does Kirk stand for? Ko'olawe Island Reserve Commission. And I would be able to go out on a boat with them for four, to four days to two weeks at a time, and I would host volunteer groups who would do revegetation efforts, different types of projects on the island, in order to heal from some of the traumatic past that the island has experienced. And you li you were, you're living on the island when you're doing that, right? Yes, yes. And how many weeks, I'm sorry, how many, how long were you there? 
Anywhere from four days to two weeks, depending on the boat trips. And you did this in a summer during your time when you were going to school? Yeah, so I started right after my senior year of uh, high school, so when I graduated, and then I did two more summers Quins, of that. Wasn't Quinn's uh, senior project on something like that? Yes. Did she go that? She had a senior project that was on Ko'olawe, right? She did, and she is also studying environmental science, like her big sister. Okay, very good. Well, you're a positive influence on her, no I doubt. I hope so. So when you get there, you said you met these reservists. What, what, what do you mean by that? What, do you, what were they doing there? So we, like I said, we host uh, volunteer groups, and that happened to be one of the groups from Oahu Army National Guard. And I did not realize who I was talking to. Like I said, I was very mm. ignorant about the rank structure. I didn't even know what branch they were. I had to... Were they in uniform? They were not in uniform, so they were complete volunteers in civilian clothes. And I got to talking with them. They saw my work ethic and said, hey, you would fit really well in the Army. And actually, on one of the projects, I was able to ride in a off-road vehicle Polaris with a general of the Army National Guard. And I, don't, I didn't know what a general was. I was he was my grandpa's age, and right. he was... I was respectful to him. He was respectful to me. He actually knew my grandpa through swimming. But now that I know what a general means and what it takes to work up to that rank, I would be absolutely terrified, awestruck. But I didn't know, so I was just talking, right. having conversation with him. When when this per, when so, do you remember the moment when somebody said to you, "You you Riley would be great in the army"? Do you remember that moment and who said it and your reaction? When you heard that, what, what was that like? Yeah, so it was actually, he's a major now, but I think he was a lieutenant, Leong. And I do remember we were looking, we were at the beach. We were on Koholave and so far removed from any sort of uniforms or structure or anything that I associated being army. So I was really able to have my mind open at the time and listen to what they had to say. And they were talking about things that skills that and characteristics that were required for people in the army. And I said, hey, maybe that's me. Maybe I could do that. So you brought it. You were actually the one listening and you brought it up first. And then they said you would be you would be great. Well, they started listing and yeah. telling stories. It all starts from talking stories. So yeah. they were telling talking story about their experiences and why they joined and what they like about it. And I was like, Hey, that's, that's awesome. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. And then they said, Hey, you're a hard worker. You get dirty in the Ko'olave red dirt and you can wash dishes. You, you know, they're just seeing me work. And that's what I love to do. And they said, well, if you love to do that, then let's put you in a uniform and some green camo face pain and go crawl around in the forest. Were you at a, were you at a moment in your life? And this is sort of interesting question I just sort of thought this you've all, to, to me and I'm okay so now full disclosure here you know Riley I have really sort of even though I you all all of you listeners out there know I teach the juniors Riley is somebody that I had been around her entire high school career because I help in the weight room and Riley was a swimmer and a water polo player and those were two teams I always helped in the weight room so I knew Riley for her entire high school career we had a great relationship I've I I, I uh I really feel like, you know, a kinship here to what we're talking about above and beyond this military stuff. So were you at a moment in your life where you were looking for an avenue to put this work ethic that you sort of have said, this is, you know, my work ethic is a part of me. Were you looking for a place or a something that you could, you could focus this work ethic? Was this something like clicked for you automatically? Was this something like, were you searching and then this happened? What, what was that like? That's a really interesting question. Um, no, I was not looking. I really feel like the opportunity was just presented to me and dropped into my lap. And I was in a point in my life where I was wanting to say yes to challenges and new experiences. So maybe I was like primed to a certain extent but no, I thought I was studying environmental science. This was my third summer with Kirk, and I thought I would eventually come back to Hawaii and work for Kirk or DLNR or in the natural resources kind of realm. And it was a complete left turn to enlist in the Army. And like I said before, it was just I was in a mental space where I just wanted to say yes. Okay. And 
I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about what happened after, yeah, but so, uh, it, it no, has been all good. Okay. So then what do you do? You go back to school or did you come off of Koholave and go straight to Kahumano Center to the uh, Army recruiter station they have up there on the top? I don't even know if you know that. There's an Army recruiting. There used to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's an Army recruiting state uh, office up there. What did you do? Did you wait till you went back to school? I absolutely went straight from the boat dock in Ko- from Koolave in Kihei. The boat dock is in Kihei. I went home, said, Mom, I need the keys to the car, and drove myself to the engineering company <laughs> in Kihei. And I talked to Sergeant Robert McDonald. And I, I remember that time to this day. And within the month, I was enlisted. From the time where I the boat docked in Kihei to the time I was enlisted, it was less than a month. I had to fly to... Oahu for physical exams and all that stuff. How old were you now? I was 20. I was 20. So it was midway through college. And if that has anything to say about how much I was not looking for the army, I was completely following a different path. Okay. So at, at San Luis Obispo at the university, were you, and it sounds like you had at least one year done in school or two years? Okay, so in the two years that you had been at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, had you observed ROTC or military people on campus? Uh, so I'll, I'll preface this by asking, I went to the University of Colorado in Boulder, and I, I knew there's ROTC all over that thing. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same today, but there was a lot of ROTC, and so I knew guys, and you could observe guys going, there were certain days where you had to, right? And you're going to, you eventually experience this, don't you? Where you are in class all day and you're in uniform all day. So to me, that was normal. Did you observe that when you were going to school the first two years? I may have, but I was not looking and I wanted to be blind to it. I just thought I had my path set for me. You were focused. Yes. You know, you've always been a focused person. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, do I, I want to go to this, how you got into the ROTC. Do, am I, I don't want to skip anything part of your story that you're talking about the army. Did you go to, I think what students like people that are curious about maybe a military career are always worried about is boot camp because boot camp has this reputation as this super difficult thing where they mess with your head and it's physically super hard. Did you go to boot camp right away or have you ever, what, what, what is that? What was your story with that? I did almost immediately go to boot camp. They were able to schedule me. It's called basic combat training for the army. And so they were able to schedule me a basic slot so that I could just skip one quarter of my college career. So ideally I would miss one quarter, go through army training into the summer and then come back to college and only had skipped a quarter of college. So is that what you, and you did that? Is that what happened? Kind of. Okay. So I guess delving into that a little more, I went to basic combat training in the spring of 2016. Where? In Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Okay. And I don't want you to say that it was a scary, crazy thing. Well, were you scared when you were going? Well, yes, I was scared and I maybe did go a little bit crazy, but I loved it. I loved it. So I, they, they yell at you all, everything that you see on YouTube and stuff is true but it teaches you discipline they break you down to build you back up so i can't even count how many hundreds of push-ups i did during those two months but hey i was jacked at the end of it and i was i they teach you the basic soldiering skills in order for you to be successful in your future army career and what are those Uh, i mean learning how to shoot a rifle learning how to march in formation learning how to wear the uniform um, I'm missing so many, but just the basics okay. of okay. being in the army. And how long was that? That was two months. Two months. Yes. Okay. And so um, I think that a good question here would be how many, how many girls were there versus mm-hmm. how many men? That's a really good question. I would say the ratio is probably one to five. Okay. Yes. I was going to say one to 10. So that's, I'm, I'm impressed. But at the end, it did end up being around one to 10. A lot of the women did not make it through. That was going to be my next question. Did you observe, I'm sure you observed people, both guys and girls, I'm sure, dropping out. Yes. And why was the main reason you think they dropped out? 
because they had not mentally prepared themselves for the physical tasks. Okay. Yes, it is physical, but I mean, you guys can't see me, but I'm I'm five two and I'm a small little woman. But because of the mental strength and fortitude that I had going into it slash built throughout those two months, that's what got me through for sure. So just don't don't quit. Do are there particular um, sta- physical standards that you have to achieve when you're going through this training? Yes. Yeah, so there's the Army Physical Fitness Test, and it's going to change here in the next year. But the current test is push-ups, sit-ups, and a two-mile run. Okay. So there are minimum standards, and of course, you can are achieve there, maximum. Are the standards different for men and women? They are currently, but it, that's what's changing. For it's going to change test. to a singular standard. Yes. Okay. What is your thought about that? What are your feelings about that? I think that there are obvious physiological differences between men and women. So it's, I think it's fair. Each job requires a certain set of skills and physical ability. So I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing that it's going to change? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and of course, I mean, let's be, you've always been an athlete, haven't you? You've always been, you've swam your whole life, not just high school, right? I mean, you swam your whole life. You've, I remember you in the weight, you loved the weight room, didn't you? You loved, loved that kind of stuff. And you still do, I would assume. I do. How, so I'm skipping ahead. How much is physical fitness and physical training still part of your military career? Um, a huge part. And I'm sure my husband will talk a lot about this. He's going to have a lot to say about this. Isn't for he? sure. And yeah. People look at you and the first thing that they see is your physical ability, how well you keep your uniform and your physical appearance. And a lot of times the first thing that is asked of you in any new position, wherever you move in the army is to do a physical fitness test and, or to go on a run with your senior leadership. And if you are stuck in wind and falling behind, that kind of sets the tone for the rest of your time in that position. So it is of huge importance. Okay. So now let's get into how you became part of the reserve officer training corps back at school. What, what was that? What was that path for you from just being, I mean, did you join the army or did you join the army reserves? I joined the army national guard, the army national guard. Okay. So now how did you get from being in the army national guard? You're in the reserves now, I guess is what I would probably it's say. A, national guard is a reserve component. So anyway. they're similar. Yep. Okay. So how did you get from the army national guard to ROTC? How, tell us that path. So I had just talked about the basic combat training, which is two months in which I took off a spring quarter of college for. And then into the summer, I did two more months in Mississippi for carpentry and masonry training. And during that time, I had the opportunity to talk to some senior enlisted officers. And they were the ones that told me and kind of mentored me and said, hey, I see leadership qualities in you. Maybe you should look into this. So I did. And again, I was in the mindset of saying yes to everything. So (laughs) I know you're laughing, but I was like, now looking back, I'm laughing at myself. I really stumbled into this whole army thing, like zero knowledge, zero complete ignorance. Okay. So this is kind of back to what I was saying. Did you, had you, was ROTC, the concept of it introduced to you at that moment, or did you kind of realize it when you originally signed up for the army? Was it it kind of hit you right then, didn't it? Oh, in that moment. And I should have known. I it, it's all around campus. I should have heard. It okay. I should right. Yes, it okay. is. It is. So mentors said you should check this out. I did and I called the liaison at Cal Poly and I said, "This is my situation. I would like to join the program." They said, "Absolutely. We have we'll have a contract ready for you when you come back to school." Okay. So and uh, I don't want to like talk about this but I had I was really successful during my time in basic combat training I was the battalion soldier of the cycle so I was number one out of 700 and I don't want to talk about this but setting yourself up and doing well will give you more opportunities so I was chosen to be leadership during my two months in Mississippi and because of that my leadership saw that in me and said that you should check this out and with all my high physical scores and all of the accomplishments that I had just completed the past four months, I was able to easily join the ROTC program with a scholarship. So now my college 
was completely paid for. And this is a very important point of this discussion, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Is that ultimately what you have accomplished is you've gotten some part of your college for free, haven't you? Yes. And so, it's been through the United States uh, Armed Services, if we will. Okay. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. So tuition was completely covered for my last two years of college. Excellent. Do you like uh, carpentry or masonry better? I like carpentry. Why? Working with wood is much better, more practical. Than working with bricks? Yes, hate Brick. it. it. You can't you keep them level. They just fall apart. Dries up. I don't know. Okay. All right, so now uh, let's let's um, talk about your, in the ROTC, you're training to be a an officer. What's the difference between training to be an officer and training to just be in the National Guard? What's the difference? So when I was enlisted, I was training to be a worker bee. I was training to be, if we wanted to compare it to parts of the body, I was tra training to be the hand and the fist. And switching over to the officer route, they're more of the planner. So then I was switching over to be the brains of the operation. And a lot more responsibility falls on officers. So I was learning to switch to that type of thinking, planning missions versus executing okay. on the ground. Okay. Okay. So now, um, how long was ROTC training? The last two years, the full last two years of school? The last two years. And I was only able to jump in at that point because I had completed my basic soldiering okay. skills at because basic most of the people training. in ROTC in these school in these colleges are in it all four years. Yes, they're getting their entire four years of of college paid for. And I wish I would have okay. opened my eyes and planned that way and known that's what I wanted Could to do. Could you have? Okay, so you said you're you went there to be what kind of major? What was your major when you went there? My initial major was architecture. Okay, and then, but you were you switched that to more of a natural science degree. Yes. Can somebody who is in the ROTC at your school still get a natural science major? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And this is part of, I think, another thing that young people see as a, they think, and it's a myth, that if I join the Army or if I join the ROTC, I can't really study what I want. They're going to dictate what. I study. And that's not the case, that's is it? That's absolutely not the case. And I got my degree in environmental science and I come out of college with next, a minor that was in my next question. military science. Okay. Okay. Very good. So now what is your rank right now? I am a second lieutenant. Okay. Very good. What is your, what is your role in the National Guard now? So how, my, okay. So we've been out for how long now? We've been out of, out, of, out of college for how long now? About a year. Okay, so now what is your role in the Army National Guard now? So a lot of training needed to happen after, even after I graduated from college. So I got pinned on my chest. My rank is second lieutenant. But after that, I needed to go to BOLIC, which is Basic Officer Leadership Course. Okay. And that will depend on your job in the Army. So I am a quartermaster officer. So What I, does that mean? I'm logistics. I coordinate water, food, petroleum, transportation, maintenance for the front lines, for did the you combat get to, arms. Did you get to pick that or did you get put in that? I got to pick it. Okay. And that's a difference between active duty and National Guard, sure. and I'm sure that we'll okay. get into that later. Okay. Um, now... You, we're going to get into your uh, husband's act story here in just a moment, but you're sort of following your husband, correct? I am. So now as a National Guard person, I, I assume you were sort of in the California National Guard and yes. now you're in the, if you will, where you, Tennessee is Tennessee. where you are. Are you in the Tennessee National Guard now? Yes. And is that movement from one state to another as a National Guards person easy? Yes. So... I think that is a positive for joining the National Guard versus becoming active duty is that I do have the freedom to choose where I want to be and what I want to do. So when I found this out that... This is very interesting. Okay. So when I found very out that my husband was getting stationed or he had to do some training in Georgia, we would be there for six plus months. I called up the state of Georgia uh, liaison for the National Guard and said... Hi, I'm Second Lieutenant Riley Slavich, and this is my situation. What jobs do you have for me? Mm -hmm. They gave me a list and said quartermaster, ordinance, transportation, engineering, what, whatever the list was. And I got to choose what I wanted to do. And then there was subsequent training after that. But the moral of the story is that I get to choose where I want to be and what job I want to do. 
And that's a very different story for active duty members. And that's what Zach is going to tell us about. Okay, yes. so now, next question for you, Riley. Can you get deployed during wartime? Yes. Abroad? Okay. Yes. Uh, under what circumstances might the National Guard of, say, Tennessee, for example, what might be the circumstances of you getting deployed? So... There is a cycle for deployment for National Guard units, and there is a certain train-up for that. And so you will be notified for those train-ups to go to Afghanistan, Iraq, wherever. Do you expect that to happen to you? Potentially, yes. And how do you feel about that? I'm excited for it, and I think you're kind of delusional if you sign up for the armed forces and do not expect to be deployed I think that's very uh, interesting. You know, uh, during I know that here in Hawaii, we had a lot of National Reservist people that, you know, in Hawaii, so it's such a small place. We had lots of, during the Iraq conflict, when it was really hot, when it was really hot, when it first started getting going, we had a lot of National Guards people going over, and sometimes multiple times, right? What is a typical, if, um, if you were to go, what are you basically told would be the amount of time you would be in country? It really depends. It could be three, six, nine months okay. is the usual time commitment. Sometimes National Guards, sometimes the National Guard is called out in examples of, uh, in times of national emergency, in, in uh, hurricane types of situations where you have to go to help. Has, is that something that is, am I correct about that in that assumption? You are, yes. So assisting with fires, riot control, hurricane situations. Have you ever done any of that? I have not done any yet. How do you feel about that? excited to serve my local community. And that's the also, another awesome part about yeah. the National Guard is that I do get to serve my community locally and nationally and also have the opportunity to serve abroad as well. Aloha mai kako. This is Mrs. Zarkis, the librarian from the Charles Reed Bishop Learning Center. Did you know the average teen reads for only 17 minutes a day? Yet these same teenagers spend up to six hours a day on social media, gaming, or texting. Carve a little time out of your day to take a break from technology. Curl up with a good book instead. Reading reduces stress, boosts brain power, improves creativity, promotes better sleep, and also improves concentration. Those benefits can't be duplicated by a cell phone. Stop by the CRB to grab something to read. Take advantage of dear time and enjoy reading for the pure pleasure of it. Happy reading. We're going to come back to Riley in just a moment. I want to ask her some sort of follow-up questions as we get near the end of this thing. I want to talk to uh, her husband, Zach Slavich. Am I pronouncing that correct? Slavich, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Slavich. What's your hometown, Zach? Davis, California. Davis, California. Yeah. And where did you go to high school? I went to high school at Davis Senior High School. So Davis Senior High School. High school. There, yeah. Only one. How many kids in your graduating class? I think there was roughly 250 kids. Okay, in my so a little bit bigger class. than our, a yeah. little bit bigger than our school. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo right out of. Uh, Right out of high school? I did. Did, I you play, did you play sports in high school? I played uh, rugby and football in high school. You got a rugby team at your high school? Yes. What yeah. was that, winter, winter season or spring season? We did uh, spring season, so did, winter into spring. What did you like better, football or rugby? I was a big football player. What position did you play? For I like football. Zach. Riley, I like Zach. Zach is my kind of guy. <laughs> he can I, stay. I can. He's he's definitely welcome to stay. What did you play? What position? Uh, football is a very undersized uh, guard. I love, guard. I love this guy. And, I love uh, this guy. Undersized uh, nose tackle. Okay. God. <laughs> Anybody who knows anything about me, that's exactly what I played. And undersized being the, you're you're my hero right now, Zach. Okay. <laughs> so, um, where did you want to go to college when you were in high school? Uh, so initially, I guess the the reach school that we all have is was West Point, okay. uh, U.S. Military Academy. Okay. Um, with the strong backup being Cal Poly. Okay. And so whatever for whatever reason you didn't go to West Point and mm -hmm. you were you were satisfied with your choice. How far away is Cal Poly from your hometown? 
It's roughly six hours away six, from my hometown. And what do you do? You drive? If you're going to go home, you drive home? Yeah, I just drive home. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's, your favorite, uh, what's your favorite movie as a kid growing up, Zach? You told me, I, I don't know if it's your favorite, but you told me one of your all-time favorite movies is what? Uh, well, in terms of, I don't know if you could consider it a movie, but Band Yeah, because of you don't go see it in a theater, but yeah. go ahead. Band of Brothers was the was the series that okay. HBO did about the 101st Airborne. Okay, and so when did you first, when were, when did you first see that? Well, how old were you? I was probably around 10 or 11 years old okay. when it popped up on the TV. So what I'm getting at is how do these, how does this, how do these things get in your head? Did you have a military f background in your family? I feel like everybody had the usual grandpas and okay. the grandparents even in the military during World War II in Korea. Okay. Uh, so I had that background, but no immediate family. So really. the influence was not necessarily, was it not necessarily a person? It was more your uh, observations of TV shows and documentaries and studying history. Was that what it was? Yes, it was, it was very much so seeing and reading about accounts of things that people did, okay. uh, schools that people went to, uh, bonds that people had, and Were, looking at that and saying, I want to do that, I want that. So would your high school classmates and your buddies from home, who I assume you still are in contact with, would they be surprised today that you're in the uh, United States Army? And we're going to get into this. Would your friends be surprised today that you're in the United States Army, or would they be, yeah, we expected that of Zach? Not at all, because I told them I was going to do it. Okay. So, so they, they know exactly. They knew what you were going to do. Yes. Okay, so you go to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Did mm -hmm. you, what was your path? Did you go ROTC right away, or, or, or similar to Riley? Did you know about ROTC before you ever got to college? Yeah. So what happened was I applied for the academy. Uh, West Point. Yeah, West Point, and I didn't make it in. Okay. Um, and so the next thing that happened was I started looking for alternative options. Okay. And much of the stuff that you do for West Point in terms of physical fitness, like your assessment that you have, uh, the essays you write, uh, the tests you take, standardized tests, ACT, SAT, a lot of that applies to the ROTC scholarship as well. Okay. So what happened was I applied for the four-year National ROTC Scholarship, and I ended up getting that. Okay. Um, and Cal Poly has an Army ROTC program. It's a little small, but still had one. So okay. I was able to attend Cal Poly with a four-year National Scholarship. Excellent. Congratulations. And so you, you went in it, unlike Riley, right away, right, away, right off the bat. Yes. Yeah. And what was your intention uh, knowing, what was your hope knowing that, an ROTC scholarship would require some sort of uh, military commitment afterwards. What was your thoughts and intentions about that or hopes? My intentions and hopes, because you compete for the active duty status and the branch of the job that you want in the Army, uh, my hope and intention was that I would, at the end of it, be an active duty combat arms officer. Okay. And is that what you are? Yes. Tell us what you do now, Zach, what is your, um, what is your, what is your rank? What is your unit? Uh, tell us those things right now. So I am a second lieutenant as well. Uh, I'm an infantry officer uh, with the 101st Airborne out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I'm in 1st Brigade, 1st Battalion, 506 Infantry Regiment, Red Currie. Um Pretty soon here, I'll be taking a platoon, which is a roughly... 32 guys is the standard number to take control of and lead um, for my mission. Take a platoon implies you're going to be the commanding officer of 32 guys. Yes. Okay. And, of course, the 101st, Air, 101st Airborne is one of the iconic units mm -hmm. of the entire United States military. Right. Okay. All yes. right. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel good. I mean... You're kind of... Like, I, I literally... Is this I, what... This is like the fulfillment of a dream almost. Yeah. Me. So I watched that unit... On the screen growing up, I learned about them because I was interested in what they did. Mm -hmm. And then now it's come full circle. Okay. Uh, as a cadet, I was able to go to airborne school. Okay. So I went and did that, um, which is, was one of my dreams. And then it was next thing was okay. 
ranger school and then now i'm at the 101st you're an so. you're, okay this is something else we didn't mention here you're a united states ranger you're ranger qualified i guess we should say yes that means i think you just have a some other step you gotta do but the hard part is over correct well so uh what happens is every infantry officer is expected in some shape or, or form depending on your unit to have a ranger tab a uh, ranger tab is just this little scroll that you wear above your unit patch on your left shoulder. And basically it certifies, it's a ranger school is a leadership course. Mm -hmm. So when you show up to your unit with that tab on your shoulder, that means you graduated this leadership course and it provides a little bit of credibility okay. as a new officer showing up to a unit. Okay. So are you going to be, I mean, you know, the U S Rangers, you're going to eventually, I mean, you are going to be a ranger. Or you are a ranger. What are we saying here? So ranger, so that's a very, that's tricky, right? Because yeah. I can't call myself a ranger because I'm not part of the okay. ranger regiment. Got it. Okay. But I am ranger qualified okay. because I graduated from Is that ranger something school. that you would like to do? Uh, it's something that has interested me, okay. yes. Um, it's a, it's a avenue that as an officer I can choose to take. Mm -hmm. Uh depending on family circumstances okay. and okay. how things go in the personal life. Was there ever a moment, Zach, where you, it was, where was there ever a moment in this entire process where you wanted to quit because it was so hard? No. Was it hard? Uh, at some points it was hard. Yes. But you never wanted to quit. You never no. doubted. You never doubted at all. No. Cause it's at a certain point you come so far that you just need okay. to finish. Okay. <laughs> now you uh, certainly could be deployed and go yes. to war. Couldn't you? Yes. And probably the 101st Airborne Division is one of the ones that's going right to wherever it's the hottest. You, that's that's yeah. something that can happen. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, that's definitely what I joined the Army. Okay. With, I mean, all this time spent in training, in the training environment, is leading up to the actual job. Okay. So to say that you want to do all this training and that you don't want to do the actual job uh, overseas is kind of like... I don't similar know, practicing you, and not playing in the game. That's similar to what right, your comment, Riley. Yeah. Okay. All right, very good. My compliments to you, sir. Thank you for I your service. It. Okay, so, Zach, uh, what kind of preparation did you go through, even in, back in high school, for your military uh, career? Did you have to go through some stuff uh, in high school to actually be ready for this? Yeah, so the seed was planted when I first started seeing all that stuff about the army and uh, thinking about, wow, that's a cool option. But of course, as a young kid, I also saw playing football and playing rugby as a fun thing to do in the moment. And so of course, along with that comes, I've always been a big kid. And so I, I was a lineman. You were so a big kid. I was a big kid at, at well, one Well, folks, point. I can tell you sitting here, and I know this is audio, but our friend Zach is, not a, is a fit and trim human being so you're how big were you i was a uh, roughly like 235 pounds like, that's hard as to believe. A, that's uh, amazing high school sophomore okay and so um, you, you've done a lot of work to uh, change your body literally yeah so once the focus shifted from playing football and rugby to well i still want to play football and rugby but i also have this other goal that's looking towards my actual future okay um because I was big, but I wasn't big enough to play in college. Sure. I wasn't, I wasn't competitive enough. Um, but what happened was I decided that I needed to do that. I think it happened where I was going to zero period for football one day, and I t t talked to my head coach, Mark Mark Hicks. He he's with me from when I first started playing football, and I told him, and I just uh, I just. Uh, hit a max on one of my lifts the day before. And then I, the next day I came in, I told him, Hey coach, I'm going to have to lose some weight. Cause I'm applying for West Point. I'm like looking at doing ROTC. I want to do the army. And he said, how much weight? And I'm, I said, I'm looking at losing 50 pounds. And he's like, we're training up for the next season. What are you doing? I'm like, coach, I got to think about after high school. So what happened was I was playing rugby. I had football zero period. And I just started working and ended up losing roughly 50 pounds in three months. Wow. I uh, started out with like a 13 minute uh, mile time and ended with a 
roughly a five minute mile time. Um, and just went after just running my goals, just running or your diet must've changed as well. Diet changed too. just basically ate like a normal person and not a growing high school football player. Um, and just on top of the athletics that I was already doing, just running on my own, doing push-ups, sit-ups on my own, things like that. That's cool. That's a great story. Right. I want to come back to Riley. Um, do you wish Riley that this would have been exposed to you? You know, I kind of think about here on Maui, one of the best ways to sort of think about ROTC is whenever Baldwin High School plays a football game, they have, do you remember this, Riley? I do, yes. So they march out their ROTC unit, their ROTC kids, and they bring out the flag and all that kind of stuff. And they march in their uniforms and everything like that. Do you remember, do you recall that? At, you do recall that at football games? I do, yeah. Okay, so what, what do you think would be a way to get this, get the message out. I mean, this podcast is one thing, certainly, but what, how would you get the message out to our students? What would be a good way to make them think about that? I don't have a good answer for you because no matter how, if there were posters plastered everywhere on campus, if people were telling me every single day about ROTC in my state in high school, my mental state in high school, I would not have listened so I don't have a good answer for you, and that's probably not the answer you want to hear. So I don't know. Do you uh, think that your college did a good job of presenting the fact that ROTC was available to you as a new freshman? I don't think so. I think there was more focus on other clubs and other ways to get involved. So no, I don't think And did. Zach, you kind of commented, the ROTC uh, program at San Luis Obispo is small. That was your comment, right? It's not very big. Yeah, that's correct. And one of the things that ROTC, at least at Cal Poly, always struggles to do, and they have this liaison that Riley was talking about, he kind of is trying to figure out new ways to reach out to students and really make the program more visible. Okay, Riley, I have another question. I have two more questions for you. Uh, Three more. Was it ever so hard, Riley, that you wanted to quit? Was it ever so difficult you ever said to yourself, why the heck did I do this at any moment? Yes. Okay, tell, tell me about it. So in basic training, we weren't allowed to have our phones and it was a whole new, it was a crazy experience being yelled at, being kept up all night, being asked to do things that I had never done before in the heat of the South Yes, there were definitely moments that I wanted to quit. And also, I guess more recently and kind of the situation has morphed now being married and following Zach's army career, there has been some hard times trying to figure out my path and my identity. And that's kind of separate from, I guess, ROTC and the army. But being married to someone in the military is has its own set of struggles. Okay, so how do you, how would you say that your experience growing up as a young person and your experience in, in high school, and those internal things that you learned as a young person and those things that were instilled in you by your parents and hopefully by this school, how did those things help you get through those moments or through any moment of difficulty? That's a really good question. And my mom, Mrs. Shuri Ishii, she is very good at asking these types of questions. So we were just talking about this around the dinner table. And I think my parents put me in situations where I would fall and fail. And they would be there to help pick me up and ask me what I learned along the way and then let me fail again. So I was able to build my own confidence in and of myself in order to get through those hard times. Like, hey, look at all these other times that I failed. Not necessarily the successes, but look at all these other times that I failed in the past and I've overcome that. So I can do this. So that, for my parents, I applaud them now as we start to maybe think about kids in the future. And also Kamehameha, their focus on raising Hawaiian leaders definitely instilled that in me and confidence in speaking in front of others, working as a team. I know those all sound like cliche things, but those are all very important factors into who I am and why I did not quit and why I'm here today. Okay, very good. 
along those lines, here's my last sort of serious question. And I've sort of brought this up. I told you I was going to ask you this. Being a native Hawaiian, okay, there is an element of the factor that the history of native Hawaiians and the history of the United States goes back to a moment. And I'm talking about the annexation of the, the islands of Hawaii by the United States of America. And that's contentious to many native Hawaiians to this very day. We see that manifesting itself in, in the news today. And what I'm wondering is, as Riley Shiriishi Slavich, a native Hawaiian, um, is there something within you that it, is it difficult? Because we've talked that you could go to war and defend the United States of America. Is, that, is, there a, is there something within you that is a conflict over that? Or do you think that a, good, a native Hawaiian can still be a patriot to the United States? How, how, what is your thoughts and your feelings about that question? So even though you prepared me for this question, I've felt nauseous for days because I don't want to answer this question. But I think my answer is yes, I do look... Growing up in Kamehameha schools and in Hawaii, I do recognize that struggle for sure. And I also think that if you would like to broaden your perspective as a Native Hawaiian and affect positive change in a palpable way, you are actually affecting the change, then you need to be a part of the organization. So. It's maybe a very idealistic way of thinking, but I would like to be that change. And also educating those around me, subordinates and those above me of the Hawaiian culture so that when they leave whatever training event I go to, then they will know a little bit more about Hawaiian culture and the history. And I've I have had those opportunities to talk to coworkers about Hawaii, and it's been an amazing experience. What I sort of hear you, you know, you're basically kind of making the argument that you're really appreciative of Kamehameha Schools for helping you as a native Hawaiian to get educated and create these things within you. But at the same time, you, you're also basically saying to us that you're appreciative of the United States military and therefore the United States of America in the things that have the opportunities that have presented your to, have presented themselves to you that you've taken advantage of these both these things have happened in, in your life haven't they for sure yes definitely and i think there's nothing wrong with being a part of the united states military as an organization and also i think it could be complementary to the aims of the hawaiian people okay and spreading the message of okay. the hawaiian people I think you. I think that was an excellent answer. Okay, so here we come down to the end. So Zach, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Is there something you would like to add to this conversation, sort of in closing? Some thoughts you may have. Um, are you happy? Are you uh, pleased? Do you, you what? What's your? What do you think your future holds? What, what other message would you like to sort of maybe say here as we close? I guess uh, this is a message that I shared with some kids earlier that I talk to and um, there is no one way to approach anything in your life, but for any goal in your life, but also bringing it back to particularly the military. If you don't get into academy, if you don't get into ROTC, there's other options out there. If you want to enlist, cool, that's fine. You can always go the officer route at a later date. Um, so don't, be discouraged when one door closes because with the military, there's always going to be other open doors to okay. seek. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Zach. Okay. Riley, what, what's something that you would like to close with? What would you like to sort of maybe say in closing something we missed or something that you really want to say? Go ahead. I guess speaking to my junior, senior high school self, maybe to the students out there or even parents who are listening to this, have grace with yourself because as you heard, my path was not linear in any way. It took all kinds of right, left, 180 degree turns. And having grace with myself throughout that whole process is just so important. 
When did you two get married? A year and two months ago. How long did you know each other before you got married? About a year and a half. Okay. How do you pop the question? Oh, I knew he was going to pop the question. What do you mean? You knew he would get around to oh, it eventually? Oh, I felt the box in his pocket as we were headed to the beach. But. Oh, yeah. Across from the uh, Hana Wharf. Waikoloa Beach in Waikoloa Hana. Waikoloa Beach, yeah. In Hana? Yeah. Well, you're smooth, Zach. And Christmas How? Day, I didn't even know it. It, it was Christmas <laughs> It was Christmas Day, and you weren't... Wait a minute. You I, wasn't, I wasn't aware that it was Christmas Day. You were Day. so nervous about asking... We were in Hana. <laughs> okay. It was a time warp. Oh, it's a time warp. Okay. So... Uh, when did you, you must have known right away. I mean, Riley's a catch, right? I mean, you must have oh, known yeah. immediately, yeah? Definitely. Okay, very good. All right. And so we've been married a year and two months, and we're living in Tennessee, and we settled right now for a little bit, or do we have something else going on soon, do you think? We're settled for maybe a year, and in that time, Zach will decide whether he wants to go to Ranger Regiment or pursue any other special forces okay. options. Okay. So that'll be a family discussion down the line. It will mm -hmm. be. I'm giving him the eyes right okay. now. We'll talk about this yeah, later. Okay. Zach, your family's still in Davis, California? Yeah, they're still back in Davis. Okay. Brother lives in LA. So. Your brother, you have a brother that lives in LA? LA, yeah. Okay. So all what, in California. Uh, Riley's for all the listeners out there. So we're, we're doing this uh, in, um, is it still August? August 2019. Tell us about uh, your brother, Spencer. Go ahead. My brother just got married last Sunday. That's why we're here on Maui. And that's very exciting. They're Mar headed up to Washington, and he married a beautiful girl, Callie, and they met at GCU in Arizona. Okay, how about your sister, Quinn? Tell all of her friends what she's up to. Oh, she's in Colorado. Yep. She's at Colorado State University, Fort Collins, studying environmental science like her okay. sister. How's she doing? She's doing great. She's finishing up in college. She's going into her junior year. Okay. She bought her first car today. today. She did. Wow, very yeah. exciting. And is your mother, Ulu, is she going to work forever? She's never going to retire? She's going to work her, the rest of her life? Oh, she's loving what she's doing, talking to those sixth grade kids, crying all the time because she loves having conversations and hearing everyone's stories. So yeah. I am prepared for these questions because of my mom and what she's doing torturing those poor sixth graders. Well, I'm very flattered to be compared to your mother. <laughs> I'm very flattered. So, uh, so what we're going to do as we come to an end here uh, if our, with our podcast of Hikina Rising, we're going to uh, let these two give their email addresses out. So if any listener out there would like to contact uh, one of the Slavages, you can do so. Uh, Zach, why don't you go ahead? You want to do this, Zach? Are you allowed to do this? Or you have a bunch of uh, high-level clearances uh, that you can't do that? Go ahead. Uh, it's a personal email, so <laughs> I should be fine. Um, so if you have any questions about anything... You can either contact me or Riley. Uh, my personal email is Z-A-C-P-S-L-A-V-I-C-H. I, I got to spell that out because it's hard to spell. Or how to, it's hard to sound out. At gmail.com. Okay. Riley, can you uh, tell us your email if anybody would like to contact sure. you? And please, please email me your questions. My email is RileySlavich at gmail.com. Spell, uh, spell, spell, spell Riley for everybody, though. R-I-L-E-Y-S-L-A-V-I-C-H at gmail.com. Okay, very good. Um, so now we've come to an end of this, uh, my number one military uh, podcast of uh, my military trilogy. I want to thank um, Zach. It was great to meet you. Thank you for sitting in. Sure, yeah. My compliments and my best, uh, my best wishes to you, and good luck and Godspeed and all that good stuff that military people say. Even though I'm not <laughs> Thank really you very one, much. yeah. And I, I know uh, you're going to do have a, a great career. I'm, I admire you greatly. Good job. I appreciate that, Riley. I love you. You're awesome. I've known you for a long time, and so I'm very proud of you. I want you to know that as well. Thank you so much for coming and being here and, and being so forthright and truthful, and as you always are. You're awesome. It was okay? an honor. It was an honor for me. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Slavich. Thank you, uh, Lisa Correa, for being here. She is the producer of these uh, podcasts, um, and she does a great job, and she's highly motivated. And if you have any ideas out there, she is uh, – any of you alumni out there have any ideas, she's loving to hear that. And thank you, Mr. Cahola uh, Ricard. Uh, we're going to do – we'll do another podcast together here pretty soon, but he's on the board which is his, one of his favorite things to do is be on the board. And I think you all know what I mean by that. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for uh, 
downloading or uploading or whatever you do to get these podcasts in your head, in your earphones. Um, and we'll be looking forward. This is Kevin O'Brien, Mr. O'Brien from Kamehameha Schools, Maui, uh, signing off for this episode of Hakina Rising. We'll look forward to seeing you again uh, the next time. Thank you so much. Aloha. Hikina Rising is produced by Lisa Correa. Technical producer, Koholo Ricard, Kamehameha Schools Mai. Headmaster, Dr. Scott Parker. Assistant Headmaster, Kelly Duclo. High School Principals, J.R. Kaava and Lance Kagasan. And Vice Principal, Leo Delatori.